Hello and welcome back to the World Music Podcast, episode 13. Today I'm speaking with American composer Derek Skye, who is based in the Los Angeles area and who often integrates music practices from different cultural traditions around the world into his work with classical music. The Los Angeles Times has described Derek's music as something to savor and enormous fun to listen to. Well, during Derek's studies at USC and California Institute of the Arts, he studied not only Western classical music, but the traditional music of many other cultures as well, including West African drumming and dance, Persian music, Balkan music, and Hindustani classical music. I really enjoyed hearing Derek's insights and perspectives on how and why he feels called to incorporate the music of many different parts of the world into his composition. Sky's music has been commissioned and or performed by ensembles including the Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra, the Berkeley Symphony, the Dayton Philharmonic, and the Los Angeles Master Chorale among many. And Sky serves as the artistic director of the New Music Collective, an arts organization bridged everywhere. This interview was originally recorded on August 31st, 2021. And I hope you enjoy this engaging conversation with Derek Sky. Thank you. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'm really excited to have uh, Derek Sky as my guest, and Derek is tuning in from Los Angeles. We're both students at CalArts back in the day, and it's just really fun to have been following Derek's musical journey and to get to chat with him and, and catch up with him today. So thanks for joining us, Derek. Absolutely. Happy to be here. I think a great starting point for our conversation is a little snippet that I found in your bio that I found to be really cool just after listening to your music and hearing all the influences you bring together. And the snippet is, Sky is an American who has Ghanaian, Nigerian, British, Irish, and Native American ancestry. His ancestry and identity have led him to claim and develop an American aesthetic that incorporates many cultural influences into his work reflecting the diverse communities he is a part of. I just think it's really fascinating how your ancestry is really reflected in uh, the wide range of, of music in your, in your work. And I think I would just love to know more about that richness of, of, your, of your ancestry and how you connect that to the work that you create. Yeah, absolutely. So I would have to say that the ancestry information for me kind of came later on in life. Uh, for example, within like the last three or four years, um, the the biggest part of my uh, ancestry goes back to, sla to slavery here in the United States. And um, I think, you know, one of the most frustrating things uh, about um, slavery and people being enslaved is uh, the the record keeping um there, there, yeah, the sense of identity was completely obliterated, mm. right? And so, um, so for me to get past that, um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of the resources and such to, you know, hire a private investigator to go and track down, you know, all of these things. And so, um, one of the things that, uh, 
that I ended up doing was I ended up doing a 23 and me because, you know, I had all these connections, these, I think felt cultural connections where, um, you know, like the Ghanaian music really touched me at Cal arts and really fell head over first head over fist with that. I love Indian classical music, even though that's not the native American, the Indian that we're talking about here, but, but just like, there's there's just like musically and artistically there's like a, a a pull for me to different parts of the world and um you know i just want to know i wanted to know more about that and you know more about my history and so i i actually did a uh you know 23 and me and i um found out all these things and it really kind of helped me connect more to my ancestry that's kind of where that comes from. And, you know, ever since then, it was not, for me, it wasn't, there wasn't enough information when I kind of just declare myself just, you know, one, one particular group uh, as being from one particular group um, because everybody's from a lot of groups, everybody. Right. That's a part of being American. I think. Uh, yeah. And, um, and so it was, it was absolutely important for me to know, all, uh, as many of the groups as I could, because that's what I feel that brings me the most joy. That's what brings me the most joy in my music. Yeah. That's just so cool how it wasn't, you know, you didn't really know about it. It wasn't something that you were aware of, but upon, you know, investigating and finding out about it, it really does reflect a part of that pull that you've had, especially towards, you know, I mean, you've spent a lot of time studying Ghanaian music, um, drumming and dance, song, performing. So it's it's really, it's amazing to find these traces there. And, you know, even if you never found them, you still would have made the work that you did. Right. Um, presumably, but this is just like another layer that has been uncovered. And uh, I just, I found that really cool when I was reading your bio, you know. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, no, it's a it's a really um it's been a journey and it can continues to be a journey, but it's it's one that I I wouldn't be happier to be on that on that journey. Mm. Musically, artistically, spiritually and just, you know, as part of the human experience. That's awesome. Well, now kind of going back to your your upbringing, your family, how you got into music. I'm always curious where people, when they began to start to feel that pull towards music, was it something that was encouraged? Was it a part of the household? Did it happen in school? You know, was there a particular instrument or experience that you remember as really kind of getting you into the study of music? Yeah. So um, ultimately, the the my original path has been in the sciences. I actually really love science and astronomy. Uh -huh. If I had it my way um, and I wasn't doing music, I'd definitely be doing some astrophysics studies mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I'm just a huge fan of science and mm -hmm. systems and um, all of these things. And one of the things that, that really pulled me to music was, was really a desire to hear things that I wasn't hearing. So the science part of it is, is when you look at the world and you see the world the way it is and you're like, well, why couldn't we have this, whatever this might be? Um, you invent that. 
like you create that and you say, okay, well, here, here it is. Like you can bring forth whatever this is to some certain extent. And so I kind of took that mentality. Like I always was looking, was looking forward to being an astrophysicist or, or a, uh, or an astronaut. That was like my, my, my huge goal. And, um, what ended up happening is, you know, I also really love music and I, one of the, some of the moments that I thought were the best you could only really find in um, small cues and film scores where they would do cross-cultural music. Now, granted, like it was usually loaded with, you know, usually the moments were like loaded with like stereotypes and all these kinds of things because it's the movies. But I was always interested in the music and how some there were these moments that would be so beautiful, but it would just be, you know, slave to the picture. And um, and I was I'd always be thinking, Man, get that picture out of there. Like, let's just hear like create a piece from like this moment where like I hear Armenian Duduk in like orchestra and like that should be like a whole piece right there. Like, mm-hmm. where's that whole piece? And, you know, after kind of encountering a lot of these moments where like it just seemed like a struggle to find this kind of music where you would have these collaborations. I kind of went into science mode where it's like, well, if you can't find something, then you just start making it. Like you're just going to, okay, well, I can't find this interwoven thing between, you know, Persian classical and Western classical with some sprinkles of Copeland and, and, you know, Duska and stuff in there, then I'm going to make it myself because I want to hear it. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else wants to hear it, but I do. So I'm just going to make it. And so I kind of went on to this like experimentation period where I was just like, okay, well, let me just start writing this stuff because I think it would sound cool. And, and at some point I'll get back to doing some astronaut or, or uh, astrophysics uh, type stuff. And I've been doing the music ever since and haven't gone back to the other stuff <laughs> yet. So I feel like if I had a, a couple more lifetimes, you know, maybe maybe once I am able to kind of like say, man, you know what would be cool is if I can find this one combination and then I find that combination and I don't have to like make the combination, then I'll be like, oh, well, great. There's that combination. Now I can go do something else, you know? <laughs> yeah, we'll see whether you end up getting to pursue astrophysics or you just keep writing some new <laughs> music I keep writing new music <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so like i think that was like i guess it's it's more of like a stretched out kind of you kind of fall into it because you're like wow i really want to hear this like and it's not enough for me to like wait for somebody else to do it so i'm just gonna do it, you know yeah that's really cool and I think that drive is behind a lot of composers, you know, it's like you hear something and you just have to get it out. And yeah, I, that's really kind of sounds almost very descriptive of your album, American Mirror. Like, it seems to me like that album was essentially that process of you being like, I've heard and studied elements of other styles of music, other traditional cultures, but I've never used, heard it used in this way. Does that kind of does that accurately describe a part of that creation of that album yeah absolutely that album and the the next one that's coming is just it's more of like i want to hear these things interwoven together in this way because i i i 
that's what speaks to me musically. Hmm. And so that's what I just keep doing, you know? And I think, you know, the day that I like turn on the radio or, or, you know, put on Spotify or something and I hear a bunch of stuff where it's interwoven and all this stuff and I guess I'll be done and I'll do something else, (laughs) you know? Um, But yeah, so it's just, it's been, you know, it's been nice. And um, I think what's really touched my heart is it feels like other people want to hear it too. You know, at first I'm just doing this and sometimes you just kind of assume that, well, I don't know if anybody will want to hear that, but I want to hear it. You know, and then, but the trajectory has been that other people are like, no, I, I want to hear it too. Like, let's take a listen. And, and that's, I think, what's been the most encouraging, uh, the most encouraging part of the trajectory. Wow. So that was really a part of your drive to study world music and traditional music from other cultures was you heard it, but you felt that the context you were hearing in it was kind of limited and just not really integrating it. And so you have spent time studying with with teachers from these cultures, and now you incorporate that into your own work that kind of fills that gap yeah. that you were hearing. Absolutely. And I also want to be clear, too, because I know that I myself and some and a lot of other people sometimes have have issues with the term world music. But I, it's I love world that, music. In I the, love that you say that because that is a theme of the show. And yeah, this kind of I was going to ask you, you know, what does that term mean to you? That's one of my questions. So I'll oh, let you perfect. continue because you're answering it before. I oh, there we it. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because I really want to be clear is that like when we're talking about world music and and I'm sure this is part of the cornerstone of your show, we're actually talking about all the music <laughs> in the world, right. which includes western classical music as being part of this world and therefore when i study this music i'm thinking this is parts of the music throughout this world and i want to interweave it together i want to take there's no separate western classical it's it's part of this world so that's world music too as much as that might irritate some people or something like that. That's too bad because they're part of this world just like everybody else. So, so yeah, so my music, when I think of the term world music, I, I, if somebody wants to say world music, then I take it for actually what it says, which is everything, every musical sound on this planet. And approaching music with that in mind, to me, is just like absolute freedom. It's like, wow, let's, let's communicate together. Let's do this thing together and let's see what we can come up with in our world of music, right? Yeah, I love how succinct you put it. And it's almost like, I mean, at the surface, that term, it's like, okay, well, what music do you listen to that's not from this world, right? Like, oh, yeah, I don't you know Are tuning into is. like outer space, you know, station? Yeah. So yeah, it's very know. like, it's very simple, but it's also very you have to kind of unpack it because of this like West Western centric mindset where it's like looking at from a standpoint where this is the center and everything else is outside of it. And it sounds to me like you're using your music, your study of music, your expression of music to kind of try to expand beyond that limitation. And it's like, well, we're all of this world and we're all making music. 
Oh, so yeah. let's see how we can all connect and absolutely. you know work together. And it seems like that's a part of your message as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then even when you think of the science behind it, right? Like this world has a certain amount of air pressure and oxygen level that makes things sound the way that they sound. Mm. So even if we went to some other planet somewhere, we would be recreating the conditions that we have here in order to listen to the music and to survive. <laughs> right. And because so it's never going to, yeah. So it's never going to not sound the way that it sounds here because what we have here is what we need to live. So, <laughs> so like there might be some subtle differences, like some subtle differences, but the way that we hear it here, man, that is, it, it is part of us. Like it's part of our, our fundamental existence is how our music sounds is, 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 in inexplicably tied to how we survive on this place. Right. Um, so, um, and that's magical, man. That's magical. It is. Like, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, I love that you bring up that point. It also, it just, it brings humanity together so simply. It's like, well, you hear it too. I mean, that, and it's amazing yeah, yeah. that we hear it. When you look at the layers of the physics of sound and then how our brain takes that and interprets it there's all kinds of things that go on and the fact that our whole human species has this magical relationship to to sound it's like we're all intimately connected because of that and yeah yeah and I, I talk people, about that and even people that can't hear can feel it you mm. know yeah but go yeah. ahead sorry yeah, I, I talk about that in my, my episode zero because I was really trying to get behind like what am I what am I trying to share with this podcast? Like what is some essential qualities of music and being human and, and that was one of them. It's like we all have this gift of being able to perceive sound. And like you said, even if you can't hear it's you still feel the vibration, there's still a vibratory sense and that right there is something like that is a foundationally connecting point for for all people and and everyone has a music you know it's 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 amazing that's a, uh, yeah you couldn't have said it better i think that's yeah that's the real part of it will i mean and um i think that's what brings so much joy to to people too is to know mm. that they have that access and that and to know that they have that relationship right you know this is awesome we're we're getting into the, the good deep stuff right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, you know, at this time when you're, you know, identifying this um, desire to express and, and bring music together, who, who are some of your mentors and kind of guides for this process of, you know, making music that simply doesn't exist? Uh, did you have particular influences that were kind of giving you a sense of, of that path, um, who, who kind of helped you, guide you as you created this music? Yeah, so there's like, there are some examples of like pieces and composers that have done these things in the past. There are some, some examples of that. But, um, but there's, there's not as many composers who have also taken on the um the kind of social and cultural awareness aspect of doing this kind of music um there was more of like oh well this thing this gamelan thing sounds cool let me throw that in my piece 
and then they throw it in there and then like it's kind of out of context like what what's the information behind it can you tell us a little bit about Camelot no I just you know I heard some stuff and so I put it in there you know and you're like okay well okay cool but like what about everything that that's tied to you know so Mm -hmm. so um there's like a different context um these days and a kind of a different awareness and sensibility that I think you really need to have um, when you're doing this music. And so when you're talking about mentors, mentors of the past, I really feel like are like the, the craft, like, like, like what's happening with the notes, like you'll be able to find some examples and things like this of, of like how kind of functionally people have tried things and what things worked and what things maybe didn't work as well and these kinds of things but for for people themselves I think the best mentors that I've had have been like my colleagues uh-huh. um and 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 some of my teachers but probably um a lot of the younger teachers because doing it in the way that we're doing it now especially with the sensibility that it takes to go um I think that's different than it's been in the past right and so it's hard to kind of it's hard to gauge like it's hard to find mentors that are doing it exactly the way that we're doing it now because it just wasn't usually done like that um in the past but i can say you know david rosenboom is a huge mentor um uh paul sherman for the classical side with conducting and uh stuff like that and then of course uh, you know, Yeko and Chizugba and Kobla Lodzepko, uh, the Lodzepko family for, for West African music. Uh, Swapan uh, has been a fantastic uh, uh, teacher for, for uh, Tabla, you know, Tal, um, mm-hmm. Randy Glass, you know, Andrew Grishaw. Like, these are all like just fantastic uh, uh, mentors and teachers. Um, Randy Glass, I'd say Randy Glass and Andrew were some of the some of the biggest mentors for for doing like cross cultural work, like the, like the music, like like how did all these things, how can they like coexist in a single piece? Mm-hmm. Um, those two mentors were were huge. And like, wait, so can I have like a whole orchestra do Tihai? Oh yeah, why not? <laughs> like really like can they count tall while they do it yeah yeah let's do it like oh my gosh you know hmm. and so um so like i think yeah so those those mentors were like huge on like how like how can we how can i you know, kind of do these crossover things and um you know we're doing it to kind of change to to like bring more into the language of classical music but we're also doing it to bring communities together. Right. And, um, and then what we're also doing is like making sure that like people know that, yeah, if you like it when this orchestra is doing like these chakradars and stuff like that, like then just wait till you go to an Indian classical concert where they're, where it's like, you know, it's really set in like the traditional way and they're they're like gonna go for it and then the, the complexity goes through the roof right because like that's the source mm-hmm. you know and so um and so that was the, that's the other hope is that like 
you know, people can get excited by hearing what I do when like things are woven together is to take the strands that were woven together, like the components and just know that there's a whole culture and a whole uh, system of music dedicated to that strand that you couldn't possibly get from a single strand from, from an interwoven thing. But if you can take that single strand and look at that single strand and see all the aspects of that single strand, how special that is and how magical that is and how, how like influential and, and impactful that single strand is on its own, much less interwoven with something else. Right. And so, um, so I, I, so hopefully I answered the mentor question, but then also tailoring in like how important it is to kind of have mentors to make sure that, you know, that like you should give as much information as you can about the things that are being woven together, because you want that to also be a gateway to get people interested in the, um, in a lot of the, the sources of, uh, influence. Yeah, no, it's really sharing a lot of insight into this process because you're right. I mean, when you're creating something kind of completely new and coming from your own voice, it it does have to be your own creation. Yet we have these teachers who give us access to a new vocabulary, a new way of expressing, approaching music. Um but in my experience, like you, it's like I, I'm deeply ingrained in, in North Indian music and I study it, but my teachers aren't really so much there to gauge the things that I do with it that are outside of the truth. Like they right. like to hear it, but they don't really have much to share about it just because like their role is they pass on this deep knowledge that they've been learning that's been passed down for generations. And as a student, I, I soak that up and you know, I teach that, I preserve that, I play in that style, but then I have this other thing that nobody's really, like, it's all kind of coming from my own drive and instincts, and people like you mentioned, like, you know, Randy Gloss and Andrew Grushko, these are people who did the same thing. They studied this traditional music, but they didn't just say, okay, that's in this corner of music, and I, when I play my tabla, I play traditional, teen tall, Okay, they actually thought about the music and they thought, well, where can I, where can I express this? Like, how does this fit into who I am musically? And that's a really exciting thing that I think you and I are both a part of and seeing is it's now a time where people in America can like really study music from any culture and study it real and with real commitment and authenticity and intention but that's not the end goal. Like, I don't need to be Ravi Shankar. I don't want to be. Right. Well, and right? you can't. And you I can't. Can right. I can't. Yeah. I never will be. So yeah. that you're really kind of what you shared is just really illuminating this um, amazing process that I'm glad that we're talking about it to make our listeners aware of, you know, this isn't just music that's just popping out because it's new. It's It's drawing from literally the whole world of of ancient tradition. And, you know, when you talk about science and things like these things have been developed, it wasn't like someone just figured out science in in a lifetime. It's like in the same with music, like the things that we are incorporating into our music are aesthetics and approaches that have been like fostered in humanity. And now we need to keep them going in a way that 
is relative to who we are and where we're at. So yeah, absolutely. It's, just, it's great to get to talk about these subtleties. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, uh, yeah, you, you spoke on it really well, man. So do you also, uh, spend time teaching? Are you, are you in a teaching role? Yeah. So I teach at, uh, Mount St. Mary's university, which is actually an all, all women's, uh, uh, school. That's kind of the only university that, um, that has really invited me to become part of their faculty. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm, I'm like super happy uh, to be teaching there. Um, and then I, I do a couple of youth orchestras. I'm an artistic director for Santa Monica Youth Orchestra and artistic director for Santa Clarita Valley Youth Orchestra. And I make it a point to do cross-cultural uh, pieces uh, with uh, high school students. So, you know, we do pieces that are based on Indian classical music, Turkish music, these kinds of things. That's awesome. And, and Chinese music, uh, all kinds of stuff. And that's with the youth orchestras. And then with the, the university students, we're also doing that. Um, one of the things that I found is that uh, teaching students West African music and, and Indian classical music just makes them amazingly good at rhythm. Uh-huh. You know, their, their, their internal rhythmic presence uh, <laughs> really just gets enhanced hmm. um, when working um, in those two, uh, using those two approaches uh, to music. So in the kind of the, the, the chamber ensemble bridge orchestra that I work with is what it's called up at Mount St. Mary's. We actually spend the first hour doing uh, like West African drumming. Um, before they pull out their Western classical instruments, and then we do something more kind of notation, Western classical-ish uh, style. What a great, um, great experience for them. Yeah, wow. because it's it's just like, look it, I want to make these musicians like just totally rock out, and um, and just having just having a good sense of rhythm just means a lot to the rest of the planet, <laughs> you yeah. know, there's a lot of other cultures that are, that use rhythm and they, and they, and they're not reading sheet music. They're, it's really about, you know, how does it feel to play and, and, and improvise and these kinds of things. And so, you know, that's what I, that's what I really try to work on um, with the, with the, at the university. So, and then, of course, I, I, I mentor some students privately as well. I'm always happy to take questions from, from people and also really happy about offering information on the economics of being an artist. Oh, that's um, good to know. Because there's also, there was, a, you know, a frustratingly small amount of information on, like, how to get your economics, your personal economics right. Um, when you're dealing with being an artist and being a, an independent, you know, when you're, when, when someone is working for oneself, you know, your own business, essentially your own business. Yeah. And there's like steps that you can take to make sure that you're setting yourself up to be able to get a mortgage from a house. Um, and there's steps that you can take so that your career and like the fluctuations of of money coming in can cannot be a hindrance for you to participate in the economy at the same level as somebody who has a nine to five. Well, that's, that's great. That's always um, something that can be a challenge when you are devoted to a creative practice and absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, 
good to know that you are uh, <laughs> also uh, have kind of explored that and are, are sharing um, tips on that. Yeah, your question about teaching really answered. I was just curious, you know, do you feel like you have the opportunity as a teacher to bring this insight, you know, to the next generation that, that you have of, of yeah. and, and it sounds like you have those opportunities and I think that's a very impactful, yeah, powerful, awesome thing. At least at this university, I have this. I, I haven't really worked at another university and I'm not, I'm not absolutely sure if other universities would be down for doing these kinds of things because it really does disrupt like the way that music is thought of as to be studied. Right. Like, Mm. um, but that's kind of what's supposed to happen. Right. Like jazz wasn't born in an institution. It was born outside the institution and then the institution decided to bring it in to the fold. Yeah, right? 40 years from, 50 years from now, they'll be doing all this stuff. That yeah, <laughs> they'll be doing all this, yeah. And you're like, 100 years, okay. who knows? <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, you know, the institution didn't come before the music. The music came long before the institution, as it always does. Right. So sometimes, and, and I tell my students that too, sometimes the, some, you're going to learn the most sometimes by not just doing the music in the institution, but getting out there and doing the music with the community totally you know? but mm. the the uh musically uh, the the are the you know the institution is can be can, can be behind where everybody else is artistically yeah. you know that's a good point i mean that's kind of the very nature of an institution is it's kind of preserving or teaching what has been and what is new and what is happening can't really possibly be well, yeah I mean, you know how can you teach it you know, like <laughs> you it's like uh when you did i think your your last album you had like some some indian classical music but then you were also doing guitar and stuff like that yeah. but it'd be like you know after you finish your album and somebody's like will we want you to teach you want you to teach a whole course on like what you did and you're like oh my god like i'm i'm still trying to figure out like what i'm doing <laughs> right you know, like I had this rock, but then like all of a sudden I went into this like, you know, this like, uh, like, you know, prog rock thing or something. It could be anything, right? Yeah. It could be, it could be anything. And, and it's just like, well, you're running these experiments, but you're not, <laughs> you're not necessarily ready to turn around and make a whole course out of it because you're in the middle of the discovery, right? Yeah. And it, it takes time and reflection and things need to happen, you know, there needs to be steps and processes before you like analyze and teach something like creatively, (laughs) there's a, it's a whole other process, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's a really cool point that, that you brought up and, you know, it's very exciting that you do have that opportunity though. Um, Even though it's only one school, it's still, it's huge. That kind of impact to be able to expose younger people to this yeah, yeah, yeah. idea of what music can be and um, well and i have i also don't mind that it's just at one school because there's a lot of other stuff going on yeah <laughs> like in the professional like in the outside world where right. i don't think i would have time to do anything else you know right at, so, at this point so <laughs> it works out yeah well you mentioned you know the next album the next project that you're working on I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about that um for our listeners maybe there's a time where they can look forward to a new release from you 
and just curious what's cooking. Yeah. So I originally was wanting to release another album last year, but, um, you know, everything got all messed up <laughs> for a lot of people. Yep. Um, and so a lot of things had to be delayed. And um, so my hope is, is to release something in 2022, but doing a lot of the recordings here um, in 2021 and then maybe the beginning of 2022. Um, but uh, working with my ensemble, Bridge to Everywhere, um, I want to just come out with an album that's just full of a lot of different um, composers' approaches to um, cross-cultural music. You know, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for awesome. um, an album that, that just hits at home with, with this, where people can hear this thing and, you know, people from different walks of life can kind of hear, oh, wow, they know about this in my culture. Oh, they know about that. And they can hear it all playing together in the music. That's really special. You know, I think that's really special. And I think, I think sometimes, sometimes artists can get like, I know myself, I can speak for myself. Sometimes it can get depressing when you kind of see the world the way it is. And then you have to like wonder if music is actually having an impact on 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 this world when it just seems like you have to think of its impact as being more abstract and not as direct as mm. like the government voting on something you know or yeah. like you know the military doing something or something but but it truly is special when two people that don't have anything to do with each other find themselves listening and enjoying the same music like that's that something happens there and it's just as special as, Oh, you like that restaurant, man. I like that restaurant too. It's like food. You know, if you can bond over food and bond over music, like what else can you bond over? You know? Well said. Yeah. And I think the last, you know, the pandemic year where people were deprived of that gathering of live music, people want that. They crave that. And it's it's a it's a need for humanity, and I feel like that kind of you know not so fun experience really brought that back to at least my sense of an artist. Like, oh yeah, like what I do is actually really valuable. You just for, people forget when it's always Absolutely. there, and I don't know Absolutely. if you felt that too, but I thought Absolutely. it was amazing to be like, wow, I actually provide like an essential service to humanity. Yeah, and that wasn't really always so easy to remember um yeah man sometimes it sometimes it can become really abstract where you feel like you have to like stress stretch your meaning to humanity Hmm. you know what, what do you mean to humanity and sometimes you can feel like you have to like stretch that but last year was a huge example of why the arts are important to humanity because what happened like everything hit the fan and what did everybody do? They started watching movies, listening to music. It's like, oh, okay. So <laughs> it's not just important to have toilet paper and food. <laughs> you also want to be, you also turn to the arts. You know, people just ran to the arts. Yeah. Whether that was making art themselves, you know, consuming art, whatever it was, like art was like right there with food and toilet paper as far as how important things were. You know, well said. Hmm. I love that. Well, with all the 
with all of the great things cooking and this new album coming out, uh, I'm just curious, you know, where you'd like to see yourself in, let's say, five years from now. Let's see, five years from now, um, I just want to be doing more of this, you know, and um, I also want to see a lot more crossover, not not only between genres, but uh, between fields of of study, you know, like mm. I definitely want to see more crossover in regards to the sciences and the art and, and the arts. Hopefully five years from now, I would love to see myself involved in more projects like that. Right on. Yeah. And for our listeners who may want to reach out to you or just explore more of your work, what are some good ways for people to find your music and connect with you? Yeah. So my first two albums are available now on streaming um, on every platform. And then of course, you know, going to my website, if you have specific questions, there's an email on my website that you can email to. And I'm more than happy to, you know, respond. And, and yeah, if you want to come take classes at Mount St. Mary's, you can come up there and (laughs) take classes up there. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, I try not to be like, you know, some sort of an artist composer where you can't really find the person. So, um, I'm around and my, what, my what is your website for the listeners to hear it? Oh, it's www.derricksky.com. So D E R R I C K S K Y E.com. Great. And I'll have it in the show notes too, but just so you guys remember. Yeah. And, uh, well, before we close here, maybe just one, one word of advice for somebody who is beginning a study of music. One word of advice. One tip or insight. I think the one word that I always use for anybody that I'm mentoring in terms of composition is contrast. Hmm. Um, Everybody's life and the whole universe seems to work from contrast. There are big things, small things, slow, fast, these kinds of things. Hmm. And um, when you kind of balancing contrast in your pieces, people... Or, or whatever artwork that you're doing, people definitely tend to get drawn in uh, quite impactfully. So that would, be, that would be my biggest kind of functional tip, I guess, would be contrast. And then, you know, kind of an overall tip is, you know, if you're not hearing what you want to do from others, like that's, you shouldn't really be discouraged about that. Like mm. you should just do what you want to do. Because nine times out of 10, even if you're doing something that's not quite hip at the time that you're creating it, there's nothing to say that it won't become hip, you know, four years from now, three years from now. You know, there are people that have made songs back in 2015 and then now like the song is shooting to the top of the charts. Yeah. But they're like, man, I did that thing back in 2015. It's just, it takes a while for people to get to it. Right. You know, so just be patient and you can be all right. I love it. It's It's been fantastic chatting with you, Derek. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, I'm really excited to share this episode with the world. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your support of the World Music Podcast. I want to take a quick moment and mention how you can find my other offerings in addition to this show. 
The best place to do that is via my website, willmarshmusic.com, where you'll find links to my own original music, my teaching resources, my instrument shop, and my blog where I do written transcriptions of these interviews. And once again, all of that can be found on my website, willmarshmusic.com. Thanks again. See you on the next episode.